You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, you are listening to the Heart Sunleash podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am here with a very dear friend, Kelly Halter, who is a former trauma therapist turned resilience sage. I love that. I can't wait for you to talk about that. Um, so, what she learned from a decade of practice is that what it truly means to be resilient. And she has a lot of very personal life examples of that. And all of the offerings that she has are rooted in the understanding that you are the expert of you, no matter what what. And you know that here at Hearts Unleashed Podcast, that's exactly what we're talking about all the time. So her part of her mission and message is to teach people that you know what's best for you in your life. So Kelly, just thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yes, yes. And um, so I want to start by asking you, what is your definition of resilience? Yeah. So if you Google resilience, you're going to get a wide array. So the way that I define resilience is simply to move through whatever is in front of us. That's it. And some days that's kind of the drudgery of a day. And some days that's a really, really overwhelming and trying and traumatic even event um, Mm -hmm. or series of events or one event in the whole series of events. Um, But essentially it is to move through how we move from overwhelm to our stasis, that in-between is resilience. Mm. I appreciate your perspective because for myself, I've always looked at it from the back end of a situation, right? Like being able to like bounce back or the rebound rate or to show up again and again. And I, I hear that in what you shared. And so what are some of these experiences you've had that would then qualify you as the resilience sage So as a therapist, I I really became an expert in trauma work and supporting people to move from that place of overwhelm, both families, couples, individuals um, of all ages. And then I experienced, and I've experienced different overwhelming events in my life. I was married and divorced and moving and some childhood things. But um, then I became a mom and really tuned into more of the spiritual aspect of life, I would say, in a way that was true and right for me. Mm -hmm. I've been in touch with religion and things for most of my life and all of my upbringing, Um, but really tuned into that aspect of all of us really are resilient and powerful and amazing. And then I got pregnant with twins when my daughter, my oldest, was five months old. (laughs) 
And I um, understood the sanctity of birth before I had my oldest have her at home with a mid traditional midwife. And it was a really wonderful, though challenging and overwhelming and all of those things birth is, it was that experience. And then I had a pre-medicalized and traumatic birth with my twins. And that experience required me to use everything that I'd learned as a, as a trauma therapist to heal myself, to move myself from that place of overwhelm where I was literally having an out-of-body experience, watching myself have the surgery and know all of the work that was going to be required to move myself from that place of overwhelm to a healed place again um, and a place of full, not just fully functioning, but thriving. And so being in a place where I was totally shattered, I was shattered. My entire being was shattered and experiencing that full on for myself was required. I think I certainly wouldn't have chosen it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was able to experience firsthand some of the things that people that I'd worked with for years had experienced. I was able to, I had panic attacks. I had nightmares. I had flashbacks. I had, I used systematic desensitization to heal myself from one of my triggers. Either way, that work was incredibly important and I was conscious of doing it very intentionally. Because I was so intentional in that work, I I integrated what happened to us in a way that's productive for my family in a year, in one year after their birth. And that was my goal. My twins and all, actually all my kids are born in August. I have three little Leos running around <laughs> <laughs> and they all love to be the center of attention. They are so Leo. <laughs> But um, they're amazing and incredible beings and they're powerhouses. And it was imperative for me to heal myself from the experience of their birth so that I could truly be their mother in a, in a fully open-hearted way. Because without that healing, I would not be able to truly reflect their greatness. I would always be shadowed with um, the pain that that experience brought into my life and into their lives. So not only for myself, but for my family. And also I really believe that my role in this world is to support people in moving through overwhelm. That is that is my great mission. That is my great gift and my honor, absolutely my honor to, su- to support people in that movement. And what a better time to support resilience than now. Yeah. So question for honest clarity is, do you um, identify as someone who works with women in postpartum depression or, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily a, a path you take. I'm just interested. You know, absolutely. I've had several clients that I've worked with both before my traumatic birth and since um, that I've supported movement through postpartum experiences after a traumatic birth or a birth that didn't um, didn't go quite as planned, whether they identified as traumatic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a local nonprofit that's amazing, and they um, they don't provide any um, traumatic birth or any aftercare, and they refer to me. Um, so there is some work, and I am open to do it, and I love doing that work. So if you're so searching for someone, and I was searching, I didn't. I couldn't find anybody because I didn't want to go the traditional therapy route for a variety of reasons. But part of it being, I already knew it was going on and I didn't need to go through, I didn't need to go through all of the steps necessarily. Mm -hmm. I knew what I needed and I knew what support I needed. And I did gain that support. Um, I gained my support through a postpartum doula who really understands birth and understands trauma and understands what 
I specifically needed. Mm -hmm. But it is important to invite someone else into the process of healing when we are ready to do that. And finding the right person is imperative. There are lots of people out there doing amazing work. So you just find who fits you. If I'm that person, fantastic. If Abigail's that person, fantastic. There are lots of wonderful people doing the work and I will be happy to point you in a different direction if I'm not it. How would you recommend someone do find the right fit? Like how, besides, cause you know, I know you and I are both a little bit more intuitively led, but not, not everybody's super in touch with that. So what would be the best mm-hmm. way to go about finding the right fit? Yeah. Have a conversation. I mean, you have discovery calls. I have discovery calls. Um, have a conversation, engage on social media. If that, if that person or that clinician or that, you know, whoever you're entertaining does and talk to other people who have engaged with them. Even ask them, hey, is there somebody who you have worked with who has something similar going on? And would you ask them if they'd be willing to talk to me? Mm. There are are so many ways to kind of vet people, but whether you're going to seek a therapist in mental health or seek a coach or a sage or a teacher or going to talk to someone in, in a religious situation or a guide, any of the, any of these people can really support you in doing the healing work and the movement that you personally need to do. It doesn't matter who it is as long as it feels true and right for you. But we oftentimes do need to invite someone else to walk alongside us, not that they're going to take over. And that should be one of your first warning signs. If someone is sharing with you or um, interacting with you in a way that makes you feel like they know more than you about you. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> I promise you that even though they might help you feel better in the short term, in the long term, it will not work. And here's why. We have to figure out how we move through ourselves. We ourselves are our most powerful tool. And if we don't engage with ourselves, we won't actually ever get to the life that we want. We won't ever actually create the feeling and the experience of life that is joyful, that is wonderful, that is connected. And we'll always be looking outside of ourselves for that thing that's going to fix us. It doesn't exist outside of us, period. Yeah. It just doesn't. So if someone points you outside of you, warning sign. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what I'm so present to and what you're sharing is the difference between reliance and resilience. Want to speak into yes. that? Yeah, absolutely. So resilience is owning our power, is understanding our power and our expertise of ourselves. We have the ability to understand and know ourselves better than anyone else in the world. It doesn't matter how much of an expert someone is. And I'm an expert in people. If I'm an expert in anything, I am an expert in relationship and people. And I love people. But I promise you, I will never know you better than you know yourself, ever. Just like you'll never know me better than I know myself. And I think in a lot of developed societies, we've extended that expertise of ourselves to the professional, whether it be a therapist or a doctor, a psychiatrist, or a a coach or anybody. We've extended, we've like given our power away to people who have the answer for their own life. Great, wonderful, that's awesome. But the answer for your life isn't necessarily the same answer for my life. So what you're looking for when you're looking for someone to walk with you in this journey is someone who is willing and capable and adept at holding your hand exactly where you are and tuning you inward. 
holding up a mirror, helping you see your light, helping you see the resilience or the strength or all of the things that make you, you wonderfully you, and also help you see the things that you engage in that are not so productive, that are keeping you stuck in a feeling or in a situation or in that shit part of life. Mm-hmm. Excuse my French. If we're not no. allowed to say, yes, I love it. Say that. But <laughs> you, you know, the in that in that stuck place, really the stuck place. It can be situational, it can be emotional, but it's stuck. That is the overarching feeling is stuck. That happens after the overwhelm is over. And now maybe we're stuck in some of those things that we've done to help ourselves move past the overwhelm. So yeah. Well, and um, something you were sharing earlier, which I think leads to where you're talking about now and picking a professional and working with people is you can tell when they've done the work. Yeah. And uh, instead of just, um, again, creating reliance where it's like, I'm the professional and I know it, there's that real level of like re- re- relatability and compassion and empathy sure. that I think um, it would, and what, you said earlier was going through your own experiences and that they were very on purpose or very for a reason. And I'm so present mm-hmm. to the idea of initiation and how mm-hmm. our, our suffering can become our strength and become part of our mm-hmm. purpose and our passion and our mission and message. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, speak to your purpose and passion and mission and message. Mm-hmm. So kind of playing on on reliance and and relying on other people, understanding my own my own power and standing in my own strength, um, I was most of the way there before I had my twins and like whole pregnancy, I felt really uncomfortable once it became medicalized. And once I got my twins out of the hospital because they were in the NICU for 11 days, which they had originally told me five weeks. And I was like, yeah, I'm literally on the table with my guts out. And I'm telling you right now over my effing dead body, will you have my babies in this hospital for five weeks? It's not going to happen. And it didn't. Um, But once that was over, I really had to totally for sure, 100% let go of any reliance on, on anything outside of myself, like not doctors, not whatever. God, spirit, universe within me and me, we've got this all the way. I don't know all the way how, but we do. And so understanding that true power, we have to own our responsibility and we have to own our responsibility of choice. But it, it, there's, a, there's a sense of power that comes with owning our responsibility and accepting our responsibility for ourselves that is unlike any other, that is unlike it will never come in a pill form. It will never come in a program. It will never come in anything else but tuning in and owning our power and really relying on ourselves to make the choices in our lives that are going to foster what is true and right for us. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so what have you had to give up in order to have this level of connectivity and reliance upon yourself and your, your higher power? I think there's always layers of ego, right? Like, (laughs) um, ego is just our identity, as you so eloquently explained, but our identities are various and they are vast and they are deeply rooted. (laughs) And we just keep digging and keep figuring it out. But one of the egos, I actually just wrote a letter 
a goodbye letter to the good housewife the other night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any of you ladies out there who have that role in your mind of the good housewife, what does the good housewife mean? And this role just, you know, started in childhood for me. I remember my mom making a comment like, oh, better get some lines on the carpet before your dad gets home. And it's like, you rarely vacuum. Like nobody has lines on the carpet. Nobody cares. <laughs> right. You know, but make it look like you did something today. Yeah. And that just, it rooted itself in my, in my being. And as I got older and then I had three kids all in a year and five days. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was like, uh. so I went from a working professional, working professional mom, and then pregnant, I can barely take care of myself and my, you know, my still like less than a year old child. And now I have three of those. So it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's no way that I can meet this standard of good housewife. It's impossible. It is not possible. Yet I still tried and it still created tension within me. And I still, you know, made incremental release of different expectations. But it was not until I kid you not, I wrote this letter like a week ago saying goodbye to her, just releasing the good housewife, letting her go. And it was like the next day, the house was just a little bit cleaner. Dinner was ready a little bit closer or, you know, my contribution to dinner was a little bit more on point. All these little incremental things closer to my ideal were happening with no effort. I was like, oh, oh, this is acceptance. Way to go, Kelly. Teach yourself again. (laughs) Accepting what is, accepting what is true and right for you, which is focusing on my children, focusing on relational connection within my life. And the other stuff, when you're not shaming yourself or worrying about it, releases the emotional cost of it. And then you just do it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Humans are amazing. We are amazing beings. And I'm constantly fascinated and curious with our processes, mine included, and my kids. And like just watching it all the time is my... It's my greatest pleasure. <laughs> and I am in the same way. And I like I like the way that you get lit up about it because that's like if I'm talking about a human function, <laughs> I'm like, and this and this and that. And so if you could teach us about ourselves, especially in the realm of resilience, if you could teach us a lesson that, that we could become more conscious of and apply mm-hmm. to our life, what would be something that someone could take from the call today? One thing I always say is be gentle with yourself. Mm. Be gentle with you. And acceptance is like the magic pill. If there is a magic pill, it's acceptance. Accepting where you are and what's happening right now somehow releases the tension around it and allows us space to move through it. When we fight against it, it stays and we're stuck and we're there in that space without without the energy or the awareness, the ability, we're like in Hulk mode. We're Mm -hmm. in this mode where we can't really think, we're just reacting. And so we can't make progress when we're in reaction. So be gentle with you. Whatever you need to do to be gentle and loving with yourself. There's this self-care in the field of mental health it's oftentimes touted as coping skills. I always hated it. I was like, people were like, so somebody referred to you and I need to learn some coping skills. And I was like, well, first of all, toss that one out the window because we ain't coping here. Yeah. Coping sounds horrible. I don't want to cope with myself and I don't want to cope with you, but I will love you. And I love myself and <laughs> we can love each other. I don't want to cope with you. I, <laughs> I've never heard it that way and I love it. Keep going. So we're going to love. We're going to love. That's how we do it. We love yeah. ourselves and we love each other and we release shame 
we can be guilty because guilt can be productive. If you feel guilt, sit with it. Sit with guilt. Pay attention to guilt. Learn your lesson that the guilt brought up. Mm. But be gentle with you. At the end of the day, be loving with you because the more gentle and loving you are with yourself, the more gentle and loving you can be with the people around you and the more connected we can be and the greater likelihood that we move through this with less trauma than <laughs> otherwise. You're making me so happy. You're, uh, you're speaking. <sighs> well, and I, I appreciate because I know that you're an active listener of the podcast. You know, it's fun to have people be both and, and also coaches and, and contribute contributing to the world. And like, but you're speaking right into that hearts unleashed mission and mm-hmm. message. And it's making me so happy because, um, I, what I was, I wrote down active love, mm-hmm. not passive yes. love, right? Like yes. the coping, yes. surviving. Yes. No, this is a conversation yes. about thriving, being at choice, intentionally yes. creating your life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you make me so happy. Active love. I love that. When I go into work with the family, when I start working with the family, whether it was in the traditional mental health realm or as a resilient sage, we start with fun. We start with connection. We start in that place of relationship and how do we relate to each other on a, in a way that's mutually pleasurable and beneficial. And then we move on to the work. I can't tell you how many families have come to see me and we're like, okay, so this is what's going on. I'm like, Hold that thought. Promise we'll get there. But first we start with connection. First we start with gentleness. First we start from love because from that place is where we can create true and lasting change. So, so relevant. Mm. And what I am hearing is like soften up because Mm -mm. I think people are too busy and ready to report because, I mean, Mm -hmm. why not when that's what we've been taught to do in school? Report, report, report. And so, mm-hmm. or judge, evaluate, justify, you know, all the things mm-hmm. and um, specifically like evaluate, right? We would come into therapy ready to break it all down and, and fig- we want to figure it out. And all of these things is have force, the energy is force and manipulation behind mm-hmm. them. And so I love the idea mm-hmm. of softening the edges of starting with love and connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we really, we have to trust ourselves to be intelligent enough to figure it out. Really? Because when we when didn't do either is teach us right yeah us right or or listen inward keep going I'm sorry (laughs) yeah I mean traditional not traditional but the pedagogy in our in the United States today is very much about externalizing our learning like outside of ourselves we don't learn within but there's a paradigm shift that I think is potential has a potential to happen and I would like to support and that's when we soften and quiet ourselves and tune inward we do actually find the answers and I'm I'm not just talking about like spiritual questions and relational questions I'm also talking about math questions like calm your ass down calm yourself down bring yourself to that peaceful place walk outside take a little jog around the backyard or whatever and then come back to that math problem and I promise you it will be less overwhelming whether we're learning a skill or we're tuning into what's important to us or we're moving through an emotional situation it doesn't matter what it is you have the ability to move through it I call it peaceful productivity We can be productive consistently in our life, but it doesn't have to be so forced. It doesn't have to be so pushed. 
It can happen like breathing. And I, I teach my kids every day. My two, she'll be three in August and we have full conversations. She has full, like multiple inline sentences. She is well advanced. And it's because we play constantly. We are always learning. We're always talking. We're always engaged in life, in what's happening in front of us. Mm. I love it so much. And, you know, I just that slowing down because you know, again, this day and age, we've been given a a crazy opportunity to slow down and we still are so plugged into the matrix of the hustle and grind Mm -hmm. society. And so I just appreciate Mm -hmm. your message right now a lot because um, it's been a very common breakthrough lately. Success looks nothing like they taught you or like mm-hmm. becoming successful, like yeah. hard work is not the way. And it, it goes yeah. against everything we were taught that it's actually meant to be fun, simple, fast, easy, and effortless. Like it's really yeah. that simple, but our, our little complicated brains just love to intensify mm-hmm. it. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we overcomplicate everything. I mean, I remember when I first started working with families, we would write our family rules, which I then later adjusted to family values to be a more positive approach. And really my family, it boils down to two things. Love is the overarching, like think about it in a heart. And then we have two rules, respect and safety. That's it. Those are the only reasons you're going to be told no in this household. If you, what you're doing is disrespectful to yourself or those around you, or if you, what you're doing is unsafe to, to yourself or those around you. Otherwise, have at it, have some yeah. fun. We are definitely into play around here. Yeah. I think the same is true in society. If we, we don't have to make it quite so complicated. We don't have to like piece out all of these little tiny rules for everyone to follow. If we just bring it down to the root, everyone needs to be safe and everyone needs to be respected. If yeah. those things are accomplished in yeah. love, literally everything else is just going to fall into place. Yes. Yes. And we're doing way too much time bobbing at the surface, trying to figure out other factors when we refuse to go to the depth of root, the root of love. And like you said, safety mm-hmm. and respect, like, cause if we really could baseline at that, so many things would be functioning more harmoniously. And speaking of oh. functioning harmoniously, what it's my favorite question on the podcast, which is to ask <laughs> what it looks like for your heart, Kelly's heart to be unleashed. And I'm very just, you're, you vibrate at such a high frequency that I, I'm just very interested in that answer from you. So what does it look like for Kelly's heart to be unleashed? Okay. Two situations are coming to my mind. One is my family life. My yes. family life is amazing and I have a really wonderful family. And like that, like my heart just like is exploding when my family's together and we're just having fun together. Like we're just connected and we're playing and we're all mutually engaged and benefiting and, and really just having a good time and playing and laughing. And like, and usually we're outside because nature amplifies everything. Right. Yes. So that there's just so much joy. And uh, if my, if, horses or if our horses are involved <laughs> even better like all of those things it's just freaking magic all of those things just make my heart explode the other thing is working with someone when they're in that place of of realization where they really own oh i did that like i healed myself i can support myself i made that adjustment in that relationship i did that you did. You freaking did it. 
And that, that realization, that light bulb moment of, of like, oh, I own this. I own life. It is mine to live. Oh, yeah. No one else's. No one else's. It's mine. I am in this. That. Like, I get goosebumps. I get like, I'm like, Ooh, yes, yes, you're right. You are so powerful. You are so powerful. You did that. You did that. Yes, that situation happened. Yes, you were raped. Yes, you were abused. Yes, this happened. Yes, this happened. Yes, this happened. All these things. You were in a car accident. You had a traumatic birth. You had a traumatic situation. You had, you were really treated disrespectfully. You were violated in whatever way. Yes, you were violated. Okay. Okay. And I accept. And I accept this life. Because also... I do this and I have this and this gift is mine and I can sing and I can dance and I can move my body and I can really engage with people. And I have all of these gifts in this life to give myself and those around me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, well, um, I, I get to, I, I, you're taking me, I'm like, I can see some of my own clients having these breakthroughs and I'm, th- I'm excited and like the people realizing their capability. I mm. wanted to kind of like highlight that for our listeners, because I think so many people like you were talking about are stuck, focused, hyper focused on the trauma the violation, the, the offense mm. that they can't get through, like you're talking about resiliency, get through it and past mm. it because we mm-hmm. have these gifts. And I kind of like to use the visual of having wet blankets on our mm. heart or our soul, right? And we got to just peel the wet blankets off so that mm-hmm. our soul can dance again. And um, I just think that people realizing how capable they are gives them mm. that, that accelerated uh, process gives mm-hmm. them the opportunity to say like, well, if I could do it over th- with this, where else can I do it? How else can I do it? How can I be more unleashed? How can I be more resilient? How can I show up for mm-hmm. my life more? And then they're yep. back at choice and it's so yep. cool and fun to witness. Absolutely. And the amazing thing is once people have this realization, once they realize, oh, I am resilient. Oh, I am powerful. Oh, I have, yeah, all this is truly within me they stop seeking outside of themselves. And I would tell clients, I still tell clients this at the beginning, although with resiliency and the clients that I see now, it's not quite, um, I don't have to talk about it so much because it's really just, these are, that's where we're at. Yeah. But as a therapist, I spend a lot of time talking to people about the end. Like you will not need me and you will, yeah. you will be ready to say, see you later, Kelly. This has been great. Peace out. I'm out. And that will be awesome. And we will celebrate that because that's our mission. That's our goal is to work. My goal is to work myself out of a job. My goal is for you to come in this office and sit down in that chair and say, Kelly, I don't need you. And I'll say, perfect. You never needed me to begin with. Awesome. (laughs) I'm so glad you realized that now. Have a lovely life. I would love to like know about it and hear how you're doing. But yeah, you don't need me. You're totally right. You don't. You don't need me and you don't need anybody else. You only need you. Yeah. My fave. Amen. Well, while they need you, before you put yourself out of business with them, how can (laughs) someone reach you? How can someone work with you? And how can someone follow you? So I have um, mostly involved on Facebook. So Resilience with Kelly is my business page on Facebook. Kelly is spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y. 
and resilience. I thank you so that. <laughs> as long as you can spell those two things, you can find me on Facebook. I have a website as well, resiliencewithkelly.com. You're welcome to email me, resiliencewithkelly at gmail.com. And I am really just excited to get in connection if you're thinking about collaborating maybe, or you think that I might be a good fit to support you in movement through what you're currently moving through. Either way, I would love to connect or you just want to connect. I am always open to connecting with amazing people lately that's been amplifying and it's really, really wonderful. And I am pumped about it. So hit me up on Facebook. I am also on Instagram, but I'm just not there as often. So if you have both, do Facebook. I do go back to Instagram every once in a while and check it out, but (laughs) I'm just mostly on Facebook these days. I think most people are. And we'll be sure to have all the links set up for you so that everyone can click and reach easily. Um, But I just want to thank you for being here. Is there anything you'd love to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, just that reminder to be loving and gentle with yourself and those around you. But it starts with us. We cannot give from an empty well. Amen. Amen. I'd love to acknowledge you for being here, for spreading your love, your light, your passion. Um, I'm very present to how, I want to use the word intelligent, but really how brilliant you are. Like um, just listening to you speak and some of those big words roll right off the tongue, but you say it in such a way that, um, you know, I'm sure I know that it touches the soul. And so just thank you for speaking to the soul of people, to the heart of people, to mm. contribute to continuing unleashing and and also for being a part of the healing in the world. It's obvious we need it now more than ever. And so just thank you for being a part of normalizing healing and communication and, and recovery. That is my great honor, truly. Yes. Thank you. And hearts, thank you for being here. Thank you for opening your ears, your eyes, and your hearts to us today. Go open your eyes, ears, and hearts to each other. Be love, spread love. And thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.